Hello, welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. Say hello, Joe. Thanks for having me back, man. I missed you. It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks. We took uh, a little vacation for ourselves. Yeah, not together. No, I would uh, never take a vacation <laughs> with you. It wouldn't be much of a vacation. No, it'd be like, well, we're, are, we, are we doing our podcast on this vacation? No. Like, no. Anyway, enough about us. Enough about us. Who cares? Wait, but episode 16. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Yahoo. Here we go. But here's the deal, kids. We have a special guest this week in studio. And by in studio, I mean in this shanty in uh, <laughs> Take it easy. Panorama City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Emily Moyer of Off Planet Radio. Emily is a good friend of mine from back in the day. We used to work at the Cheesecake Factory together. That's how I know her. She's also very good friends with my girlfriend. So my girlfriend kind of uh, set this up. So thank you, Adrian. I got to get that out of the way. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks to the Cheesecake Factory. And thank you, Emily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Cheesecake Factory. I do. But thank you yeah. for coming. Absolutely. I'm very glad to be here. This is a, this is a different... Uh, a different kind of show than I normally do, so I'm excited. So tell us about what you normally do. What is it? What is Off Planet Radio? What do you discuss? Let us know. We're yeah. curious. So Off Planet Radio is a, a podcast and a show on YouTube um, that was started by my good friend and co-host, Randy Moggins. And originally, he started it because he had questions about the things going on in the skies, about UFOs, alien abductions, things like that. And the more he researched and the more people he talked to, he really found a lot of things to be more government programs uh, related to mind control than that there was anything really going on with aliens. Not that that doesn't possibly exist but what we were what people were experiencing was more controlled than that and I found my way to listening to his podcast when I started to have some questions about some strange experiences that had happened to me as a child and I had heard a gentleman named Duncan O'Finian interviewed elsewhere about being involved in uh, mind control projects as a child the most famous one known as MK Ultra, and so I found my way to Randy's show and I started listening from when he had started and caught up and was a listener for many, many years um, while my life was basically in shambles as I was trying to figure out the things that had gone on for me. And uh, when I had sort of pulled myself into a place where I was functioning normally, I contacted him, we began a dialogue, and very quickly we decided we wanted to work together and I've been co-hosting and producing the show for uh, three years now. And, um, yeah, so we do that. We do a lot of shows together. We do some we just individually. And I also am the co-host of another show called Matrix Mash. But on Off, Off Planet Radio, we basically talk about metaphysics, mind control, conspiracy, all sorts of kind of strange things. And we are talking about them because they are happening. Um, and some of it is really weird. Some of it is quite humorous. Um, but what's really been interesting is to watch all of this stuff start to seep into the public consciousness through some of these television shows and programs. Really one of the first ones that started doing it was like X-Files mm -hmm. and Twin Peaks, those kinds of shows. And then as you come into the 2000s, you like probably the one that really broke it wide, wide open was the show called Fringe. And then ever since then, you've had a stream of you know, every season something more and more bizarre and 
there is actually more truth being revealed in these shows that seem so odd than there is in the news. So okay. <laughs> there we go. And we're having you on here because we want to discuss one of these shows, which yeah. is Stranger Things. Yep. Season three. Season three. Which I'm hoping we've all watched. Yes? Yes. Good. I watched it. I watched it too. <laughs> and? And, well, I watched it. <laughs> That's what, kind of my response too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you expect going into it? First of all, I expected what I got, which is more of the same. Which at this point, I'm burned out on. Yeah. Nothing is going to top season one for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Season one was fresh, even though it was a retread of all these '80s, you know, tropes. I still thought it was a fresh show. I liked the characters. I feel like season three at this point is just riding on the characters now. Like, I'm only watching it for the characters. I feel like the cool paranormal stuff, they kind of abandoned this season to a straight up, we got a monster on the loose, and that was it. They didn't the, really uh, care about the monster or what it was or where it was from. It was like almost a separate storyline from whatever the kids were doing, Right, I thought. Yeah, and it was it was more about the Russians than it was anything, you know, paranormal at this point. That's not coincidental, by the way. It, like, they, they use these shows to disclose some truth, but also to play out some propaganda, right? And levels one and two of the, you know, Russia collusion conspiracy have worn thin, right? So now it's like, oh, well, let's let's, you know, give people a new set of questions to have about, you know, how evil and awful the Russians are. Right. Right. So that that's part of it. I agree with both of your assessments. I think this is the least interesting season. Um, the first season was great. Yeah. I think the characters were really interesting. But this happens with a lot of these shows is when people start looking at them and then making connections to go, oh, you can actually look back in the history of this country and find documents that say they're actually doing stuff like this. Then they take it and make it ridiculous. So that when people say, oh, this is real, like, oh, there's no monsters wandering around underground. The really more interesting and probably pertinent part of this season was this idea of a high energy directed energy weapon underground. These things are very real. Like if you look at something like CERN, the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, where they claim that they're looking for the God particle, right. what they're really doing is ripping holes in the fabric of space and time. So that is what is being shown on this show. And yeah, what could be coming through from other dimensions and other realities? We're not the only game in town, right? So that is like a really true part of the story but this monster thing makes everything else feel sort of ridiculous and i think actually the best characters this season the most interesting were steve and robin which Mm. really originally had very little to do with the show see i'm in complete agreement with you steve and robin were the best part and you know who robin is yes yeah maya maya hawk yeah uma thurman and ethan hawk's child looks exactly really yeah i was did not and i did not know that she looks like exact mix of the two of them yeah she was the best addition to this season yeah yeah we're all agreeing so far i had it down she she like stole scene i mean she just can't help but like not watch her performance she's so interesting just yeah I, i don't know if it's photogenic or what it is about her but yeah, she was really good. Yeah, she was great. And I thought Steve is becoming a more and more likable character as, as this goes on. I mean, he was the douchebag in season one. Yep. You know, and then he kind of, you know, you found a little, a little bit of his humanity in season two. And here you find that he's actually like a really interesting guy who's willing to take some for the, a lot, I'll take a lot for the team. Um, and his relationship with the young kids is very Especially Endearing, Dustin. Especially Dustin. I thought Erica was, you know, border, sometimes annoying, but also actually quite hilarious. She had her moments and she yeah. had some good lines, but sometimes she could be a little tedious. A little tedious, yeah. yeah. 
But I thought those, I mean, I really found the rest of the kids, you know, to the storylines to not be that interesting. And I really think that unfortunately they've trashed the character of Elle. Like, I, I mean, this season, literally all she did was hold her hand up and get bloody noses. Mm -hmm. the, all the interesting storylines related to her. She is the quintessential mind control subject who's you know they're training her with supernatural powers so she can be used as a weapon that skill she does where she puts the the blindfold on it's a dramatized version of what is known as remote viewing which is you know basically a way of spying okay and so she has these powers and she has this ability she is basically a trained weapon for the government or for a corporation or a defense contract company that's basically what it is and they've taken her and reduced her to this space where she does nothing but lift her arm and get bloody noses right yeah what did you think of her storyline at the end of the second season where she went off to chicago and like met up with her group of other telekinetics so that's like a very real thing. I mean, that's actually sort of how I got to be doing what I'm doing is, you know, you're having some weird experiences in your life. You're trying to make sense of them. It feels crazy. You don't talk about them. That isolates you more. And then if you can actually work your way through all the nonsense on the Internet, you can find your way to some groups of people that have stories that confirm your experiences because it would be impossible that these people that didn't know each other would have the exact same experience or story. And some of these people are old women, old men that I talked to that never told anybody because it felt so strange and they were afraid they'd be made fun of or called crazy or whatever. So there is a desire to be around other people that are like you. It can also be a dramatic Do you think show though, the rise happens. of the internet has helped you get in touch with these people? These, it's really brought these people together when they had no way of like, they were like isolated for all these years with no one to really share their experiences with. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It's made people able to connect. It's also provided a new avenue for control, right? Like, you know, you can inter interject people into these groups that are agents that are there to just create chaos and whatnot. But also the way people behave on social media can sometimes they act are acting out some of their traumas from the past and they're being reactive in a way that is not beneficial to their own well-being or those of the people around them who might be looking for someone to connect with. Um, so it's a double-edged sword, but absolutely. It's, it's provided people an avenue to find, to find that like, okay, this isn't crazy. This happened to a lot of other people. And, you know, it seems to be, you know, there's Hawkinses all over this country. There's lots of suburbs where there are governments, like having Department of Energy kinds of places. There are defense contractors. There's all sorts of stuff. I grew up in one town where this has definitely been going on. I grew up in Chatsworth, which is right here in Los Angeles. And there you have an old Indian reservation that backs right up to where Boeing and Rockadine are. I had all sorts of really strange experiences there as a child. It also happens to be where the Manson Tunnel is. So energetically, it's a very similar kind of situation as what you have going on in Hawkins. Right. And now that you're mentioning this to me, I think about my friend Hal Hefner. Um, he's from the uh, the Mohawk Valley in upstate New York, mm -hmm. and he's always been talking about the paranormal stuff that had gone on there because there's there's an Indian history there, mm -hmm. and there's a military installation there that no one knows really what goes on there, yep. and it's like the middle of nowhere where you know who knows what's going on. So it just all of a sudden just popped into Marine. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. There are lots of Hawkins everywhere. Milita military, ba uh, military and defense contractors love to put their bases and their plants and stuff like that on native or sacred grounds and build underground bases there. There is some kind of different energy there. I don't know if like the ether is thinner there, the veil is thinner, or if it's just you know, something about that sort of ancient history of those, you know, those people had spiritual technology, mm -hmm. you know, Native Americans, indigenous cultures, cultures all over the place. 
that was lost. And I think that's some of what people are trying to recapture for weaponry and things like that, right? Free energy technologies, technologies that are somewhat biological in nature. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on. And, you know, for me, I grew up in Chatsworth, but I talked to people all over the country and world who this was going on where they were and some of them were part of it or they knew some, you know, and it's very well disguised. You know what I mean? Like these kids are just out messing around and whatnot and it seems like kid stuff, but there's this whole other reality going on, you know, dramatically underneath the ground, but really underneath the ground. Literally underneath the ground. Yeah, it's bases. It's not, you know, in the upside down, I'm sure there's some areas where there's some really strange stuff uh, under there, but a lot of it is just created, you know, bases underground where they're conducting experiments with energy, with kids, mind control kinds of stuff, you know, all sorts of things. And people aren't aware of it. And if people are interested to find out some of this stuff, you can research MKUltra. You can research Project Bluebird, Project Artichoke. These are mind control programs. You can look at things like the Montauk Project, the Manhattan Project, Philadelphia Experiment, all these kinds of things where they were playing with this kind of stuff. Interestingly enough, so I have the original pilot of Stranger Things, and it was originally set... Not in Hawkins. In but Long Island, in right? Montauk. Montauk. Yeah. Yeah. That's on Long Island, am I correct? I think so. Montauk is located on the eastern tip of Long Island. Anyway, is this show coming back for season four? And five, yeah. right? Yeah. Season four. Really? And I, I know four for sure. I'm not 100% on five. For me, I feel like it's played out. As I'm watching it now, all I'm thinking is like, who's the most insufferable kid on this set now? You know what I mean? I'm just like, because it's like, is it Millie Bobby Brown? Because I see her in interviews and it's like, oh my God, I know her parents are a pain in the ass. But I think Finn Wolfhard has got to be running a close second. Probably. Because my God, his name is Finn Wolfhard. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be a little weird. And he's like, and I'm in it also. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure these kids have got egos that are, you know, out of control. I feel like that's where I'm at with this show now. I'm not really focused on <laughs> the characters. I'm more focused on these like kid actors and like how ridiculous they're becoming. Yeah. And that's probably not good. I, I think there's a few. I think they're going to be back for season four and five. They, I, I was in the Lego store with my nephew the other day. Oh, and they I, now my have friend, a Stranger Things Lego. And they've actually done a pretty good job. The one with the upside, upside down, down, right? My buddy's kid has it too. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, so if, if, it's, if, if they've made Legos about it, it's going to go on for a little bit because they need to sell those Legos. Right. Yeah, not uh, to mention the insane merchandising on this show. Yeah. I was driving up Sunset yesterday and they had seven billboards for yeah. it. Every, yeah. Oh, and they, sorry, I know what you're going to say. And, and then I was at the, the Levi's store, and they just had like a whole Stranger Things Levi's section. And you know, every go to Target. Oh, have Stran- you seen the Tower Records on Sunset? No. The, the old Tower Records, which hasn't been Tower Records for 15 years or something, they uh, converted it into the mall. What was the name of the mall from... The Star Starcourt Starcourt Mall. They painted it to look like the outside of the Starcourt Mall. Interesting. And yeah. I know they did a pop up for Chips Ahoy, the ice cream place. It's Scoops Ahoy. Oh yeah, a pop up for that, and it was like the line was insane. <laughs> I mean, the, the, they they Netflix has so much money invested in this show, and then like what was it? It was like for the when it came out. Fourth of July, and I think it was like three days. I forget what the the number was, but it was their most watched show in that amount of time. Forty point seven million accounts watched some portion of it in the first four days. 
Well, I would say, and there's interesting things that go with the synchronicity of the release of some of these shows. So it happened the same week that there was this earthquake that came from, you know, the China Lake military base area. And there's a lot of discussion about if that wasn't either some kind of nuclear detonation of a base in, in, under the ground there, or if that could be a place where people are experimenting with the kind of weaponry that was shown in Stranger Things. And of course, that mall and all that stuff happened on the 4th of July. All the mall, you know, the monster coming right. to the mall and all that stuff. It was on the 4th of July, that whole week there was the 4th of July as well. So they're sync they're trying to sync reality up with some of this. We live in a completely pre-planned controlled simulated reality. Philip K Dick was right. <laughs> we are living in a simulation and the synchronicities and the way that reality is intertwined with fiction at this point and that there's almost no perceptual difference between them unless you have a monster and that you know what I mean like that's you know but really the monster could be and if you look at the sort of metaphor of this show I think the monster is um, America's love love affair with consumerism and this all happened because they moved the economy from downtown Main Street to the mall which was owned by someone who allowed the Russians to build this base underneath right Golden kind of Carrie thing always. <laughs> <laughs> he's right? great in this thing I yeah Carrie him. always is good in it yeah you know so oh, that's Carrie that, I was like who is that is Carrie always dude yeah. I like him better in the Princess Bride. Everyone likes him. <laughs> Everyone likes him better in the Princess Bride. I mean, he's on his deathbed. It's going to be Carrie Elway's Princess Bride. Yeah. Right. No matter yeah. what he does. But hey, that's a good calling card. It's a great movie. Just we have to decide what we thought of the season overall. Though, what are we going to? What are we, season three of Stranger Things? What do we think? What is exactly what I expected? I'd say binge it if you like the first two. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say binge only because like you know what you're getting, you know what it is. It's you you're never you're never going to get season 1 again. Just, you know, move on from that. I just wish it had some fresher ideas this season instead of just like, you know, going through the motions, mm -hmm. but they paired the char the characters off in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. They learned their lessons from the second season and figured out who works well with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, they put Winona Ryder and and David Harbour together. That was a smart move, but still I just think it, it lacks that mm, original spark. I agree. I say binge it and pay attention to the small details because there is some delight in some of the small details and what some of the subplots, you know? And I do think there could be redemption in season four or five, depending on where they go with it. I did not see the L moving off with the buyers thing coming. That was kind of surprising to me. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, they've written probably the best actor and character out of the show, which is David Harbour. He was oh, no, he's there. He'll be back. Oh, you think he'll be back? Well, he's in the tag at the end. Well, he's not in the tag, but he's referenced at the end. You saw that stuck around. Did you, did you, after the last episode, did you watch after the credits? I did not. Ah, there you go. Ah. So the, are we going to get spoilery here? I know we te technically don't. No, it's don't, been out for It's been years. out for a while. Okay, so at the tag, they're in a Russian prison, and they're like, um, they're grabbing a prisoner, and one of the Russian guy goes, oh, no, don't take the American. Leave him. Oh, interesting. And they go grab another guy. And then they throw him in this dungeon, this cage, with a demigorgon comes out and attacks him. And it's like, oh, you know, Stranger Things, season four coming. But they're referencing that, that he's still uh, alive. He's still alive. He's okay. just in a prison camp in Russia. Okay, so that's, that. you know, so, okay, that could be interesting. I also think it could be interesting with uh, Will, Will and Elle now living away from the rest of the kids to as a test of some of the possible telepathic connections that were say, developed. Does she keep in touch with them telepathically? Telepathically. Uh, is she able, I think, it may, 
we may get into some discussion of being able to time travel or or jump from you know space and time jump kind of thing it's possible um they need to go further with it at this point and also see how much of this is in these kids right are they really you know is it because so many of the monsters are in our own mind and we project them out into reality right so does running away from the monster really work or is it inside of you and it's something that you need to deal with your shadow self and these kids particularly the characters of ellen will are maybe the most suited of the cast to go you know if i'm going to defeat this i'm going to have to go inside to do this they're not the police are not going to stop it the government is not going to stop it you know and and you know they can only, you know, do, beat the monster so many times, right? Right. That's what I'm worried about. How many yeah. times are we going to beat this monster? Yeah. I'm bored right? of the monster. I'm bored of the monster, yeah. too. And looks like they're bringing back the monster from season one for season four. And it's like, been there, done that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's all 80s references now for me, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, mm-hmm. Red Dawn, The Terminator, you know, checklists of things we got to hit from the 80s now. But... Like I said, it's a binge because you know what you're getting. If you're if you're if you're watching Stranger Things, you're gonna watch season three and you're gonna watch season four. Who are we yep. kidding? We're yeah. not gonna, I'm done with it. It's not a huge commitment. People do it in a day, two days. You know, like oh no, another. You know, it's it's a binge. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Now I have a great segue because oh, we were just talking about David Harbor. Yes. The uh, second thing that I watched for uh, for this show was a short comedy special. Starring David Harbour, almost only. There are a couple supporting actors in it. Um, it's called Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. So it's a it's confusing title, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's perfect for this show because it was very confusing as Is well. Is this on Netflix also? Yeah, it's a 30-minute um, mockumentary on Netflix. And it's interesting. David Harbour has really good comedic timing, I think, even in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. He has some of the funnier scenes yep. of the rest of the cast. But this thing was weird. Um, I tried to figure out what it was all about. So Daniel Gray Longino, who uh, worked on Portlandia, which makes perfect sense. Uh, oh, that's fascinating. Consider Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah and he worked on Decker and uh, John Benjamin's show. It was written by John Levenstein, who worked on Arrested Development, Silicon Valley, and Baskets. And it's just, I don't know who it's for. Actually, actually I know I know what happened. Netflix just said, if someone from the cast of Stranger Things has a project, let us know. We'll write a check. Right. Because it came out, I don't know, July 15th or something. So it was just a total opportunistic, weird thing. Purge. Well, they did something That's like it. this. You're done? Purge? Yeah. Okay. They did something like this when after Fringe wrapped, the guy who played Walt, I don't know if, any, if you guys ever watched the show Fringe. Fringe was, that was a J.J. Abrams show, J. right? J.J. Abrams show, yeah. And I really, if you're interested in this kind of weird stuff, to understand any of these shows, I think Fringe does the best job at like really showing what, that is what is going on. It's slightly dramatized, but what they cover in Fringe really is what is going on in this world that we live in. But when that wrapped or when it got down to the last season they had a show about strange science uh that with the guy who played walter uh the scientist and i can't i can't remember what his real name is i think it's like john noble or something i can't remember what his real name is the show was called dark matters twisted but true and john noble was indeed the host he was hosting this show about strange science Right, which is a similar kind of thing. It was like almost like, okay, we can do this. And it explains some things about the show and it keeps sort of the interest in this going and whatever. So it looks like Netflix has done, you know, sort of a similar kind of thing. But that title does sort of refer to what I was talking to about the monster actually being inside of the people. 
Yeah, I guess that was kind of the point, but it was told through the experiences of David Harbour's father and his grandfather, who were all played by him, of course, and they just made it look really vintage footage. It was very campy. These are family ancestral issues. Like, your, your genetic lines have to do with some of the reasons why you might end up in some of these situations. So huh. that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that about Yeah. yeah. Now, while we have you here, because this came up, I think you wanted to, to have this discussion, and we had already reviewed this show. But since you're here, the OA, mm-hmm. thoughts? So I haven't watched season two of the OA yet because I just haven't had the time to do it. But that's another show that is basically, you know, script, scripting, showing the people what is happening in some of these underground projects. And some of them are run, you know, initially a lot of them were run by governments. And now a lot of them are being run by defense contract companies, corporations, just mad people in general. But some of that kind of stuff where you have uh, somebody basically kidnapped from their life and hidden underground, right? And this thing that they were doing where they were basically drowning her, drowning them and bringing them back, this is a technique that's used for people in mind control. It's similar to waterboarding. But part of the thing that they're really curious about exploring is what happens in the afterlife. They're curious. They're, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard a lot of talk about something called the secret space program, but like, you know, they make that it's really about something that's out there, but it's also about brain mapping, right? And children have this, children and young people have this ability to describe very clearly what it is they're experiencing or seeing, right? Whereas adults will filter it through their own ideas about things. So doing things like exposing children to um, anechoic chambers or, you know, like submersion tanks and things like that. From season one. From season one, you know, exposing them to certain kinds of frequencies, visual sort of, you know, optical kinds of things like that, or doing something like almost drowning somebody and bringing them back to sort of map out the afterworld, the afterlife, the, you know, different parts of your consciousness and brain that they don't understand. They're very curious about this because they want to control people's minds. So they do it to individuals in a very direct way. And then what they learn, they take and apply it to the culture. And you can see that massively right now with social media, technology, artificial intelligence, whatnot. So you're saying we're screwed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like really getting depressed here. I'm yeah. like, oh man, are you kidding well, me? <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. All of that stuff imitates, it's a port. They're trying to figure out what humans do. Right. So they've convinced humans that we need technology and that we should bow down to technology. But really, the, the technology is all based on nature and humans. So it's how much power are you going to give it? You, you, technology should be used and consumerism, things like this, should be used in ways that are benefit, benefit us and that we're conscious of how we're using them. We shouldn't give our lives over to them. We don't need our telephones to tell us like but when to go are. to bed, when to clean our room. But we are, and we, I'm giving myself over to it way too much. Yeah, way too much. Mm-hmm. I'm on this thing. I'm holding on my phone way too much than a human being should be. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: I lived most of my life without this thing. Me too. And I was fine. Yeah, we all were fine, right? And yep. now I'm like, oh my god, wait. like I, it's like if I lost this, it'd be like losing a baby. Right. You know, I would have a conniption if I, I, sometimes I'm like, it's not in my pocket. Oh my God, where is it? Like you think the end of the world is coming. So that's the real body slasher. That's the mind flayer, right? Is technology, is artificial intelligence, is simulated reality. So, you know, we're not screwed if people can sort of really learn to understand the difference between their actual self and their virtual self, right? And, you know, not give the virtual self or the online presence, you know, the amount of attention that they have been. 
and, and, and really draw a distinct line. Like, this is my choice to use this. I'm going to be conscious about how I use it, and I'm going to separate myself from it for periods of time. You're asking people to really be smart about this. Yeah. And I don't know if I have that kind of faith in people. I'm, I'm actually you I'm know? asking people to take responsibility for the way they use technology and the way they behave in that world. I'm going to make say a prayer for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, sounds great, M. I'm, but I'm scared. Fingers I'm crossed. scared. Fing, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Speak well. Let's, uh, this leads right into Emmy nominations, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it's a perfect segue. I think so. <laughs> so uh, the Emmy nominations came out last week. Strangely enough, so many shows that we have reviewed on this show got nominations. And I'm just going to go yeah. down the list of every show that we've reviewed on here so far. Game of Thrones. Do we want to try and remember if we said binge or purge about You these? can. I okay. already wrote it down. I'll quiz oh, you. you. Okay. I'll quiz you. Well, I know you said binge Game of Thrones because you're well, a nerd. Not, yeah, and it was, I want to mention that Game of Thrones, its worst season of all time, season eight, got the most Emmy nominations out of any drama in the history of the Emmys with 32. Wow. Which tells me... Everything you need to know. Right? <laughs> Ridiculous. So, here's here's the other list of shows that we have reviewed that got Emmy nominations. Barry. That was a binge. Russian Doll. We had a split vote on that. I didn't finish watching more than a couple of I episodes. watched the whole thing, so I overrule you. Oh, okay. It was a binge. All right, fine. Chernobyl, which I watched all of. Yeah. That was a binge. Now, this is one for you. Escape at Danamora. Binge. Yeah, huh? When they see us, remember the one where I cried? That's <laughs> that one. That was a definite binge for me. Uh, Black Mirror, their movie Bandersnatch. We talked about Black Mirror. Yeah, and we referenced Bandersnatch, and right. I said that was something worth watching. That would be a binge. Dead to me. Binge. Binge. Now that only got one nomination for Christina Applegate. Okay. So I thought it should have got more. Uh, the Act, which I thought was a binge, that got nominations for both uh, Patricia Arquette and Joey King. I thought Joey King was excellent in that. My next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman. Uh, I, I had a weird review because some of them were good. When he interviews people who are themselves skilled interviewers, it was good. When it was just him doing an eight-minute segment, only it was an hour, that was uh, not good. Yeah, I, I think we were like, nah. I think we're nah. Binge or purge. It was a yeah. binge or purge. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> pick and choose that one. There's no rules here. No, there's there's no rules for this show. We know that. <laughs> Pen15, one of my first reviews, got a, a writing nomination. That's a definite binge for me. I love that show. Pen15, right. everybody. If you haven't listened before, check that one out. Now, here's here are three that I love that you did not care for one bit. <laughs> Okay, and these are high. These are high rankers for me. Okay, Big Mouth. Have not, had, I haven't watched it. So. Love Big. You ever watched Big Mouth, Emily? Mm-hmm. It's great. It's fantastic. I Same have thing. one, but I've never watched. You'd have so much in common with it. <laughs> it's a car- it's a You'd cartoon. love the Hormone Monster. This is all. An- this is an animated show. Ah, okay. And if you're not into animation, bail. But if you are, I am. I'm into it. My favorite thing: Love, Death, and Robots, which you keep ripping me on. That got a nomination. Great. Yeah, I know. I love that show. It's a uh, it's an uh, animated anthology it's a children's sci-fi. show. It's like uh, it's not a children's show. <laughs> okay. he, right. he just called you a child. Well, he calls me a child every week. 
The truth be told, I am a child. This is like heavy metal. Ever growing up, heavy metal, the movie? No. You don't remember that? I didn't watch a lot of movies. I fall asleep before they start. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> and then finally, The Umbrella Academy got some uh, tech nominations. Joe despises The Umbrella Academy. If you're going to have a talking monkey Here in the show. Here we go again with a talking monkey he hates. <laughs> Are there other talking monkeys in the world? Is this the only one? Why is it it's so It's a comic book show. Anyway, I highly recommend The Umbrella Academy. It's a lot of fun. Once it gets going. Once it gets going, it takes a little while. Once it gets going, it's good. So I'm gonna, I just want to say a lot, of, uh, a lot of binges that got nominations. That's not surprising. Right? I think we're, you know, we're speaking the truth here. I think <laughs> no? so. Yeah, I think so. Right? I'm saying, I'm saying it's, it was a good haul for us of things that we've recommended that got nominations. Yeah. Especially, I would say that I find that the most interesting stuff is in the limited series category. Yeah, Escape from uh, Escape at Danamora was one of the favorite things I've seen. You got Chernobyl and When They See Us. Any three of those could win, and we'd be cool with it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, sure. I think they were all they were all good. I haven't watched uh, these other two things that are on this nominee list. One one of them you said was on FX, so we don't really deal with that. That's the Fosse one. Yeah, and then Sharp Objects. Ugh. Sharp Objects. I did not care for on HBO. I thought it was a snooze fest. Yeah. Eh. I just, I tried it. I did the first two episodes and I was like, I bailed. And then I watched the last five minutes of the final. And I was like, that's your payoff? That was yeah. it. I mean, I want, without giving anything away, the payoff's like some teeth in a dollhouse. Oh, nice. Yeah. Woo. I'm scared. Like, that's it. Sorry to ruin that. That's, I'm sorry. If you're like, I never watched Sharp Objects. How could you ruin the ending? I don't care. Sharp Objects <laughs> was a disappointment. Don't Purge. waste your time. Purge Sharp Objects. Now, is there anything that you're looking forward to, Emily? Any like shows or movies coming that you're excited for? So, I, I, I'm not actually a huge media consumer at this point. I've been, I've been in the past, but I wouldn't even know what is coming. I need to go back and watch it. Away. Yeah, I don't know. So, if you told me what was coming, I could say oh, I heard of it or not. But I, I basically, when somebody says, "Oh, you have to watch the show because it reminds me of something I heard on your podcast or a story you told me about when you were a kid or someone you knew," then I'll go and look at them and I'll end up binging. And sometimes I'll end up binging on something, you know, it's been many seasons past and whatever, but I don't keep too current with all the latest shows. Now you're my age. So when you were a kid, did you see the dark crystal? I did not see the dark crystal, but I've been told many times to watch it. Okay. Anyway, there's a dark crystal TV show coming out at the end of August. Oh, okay. Yes. On Netflix. And I'm like super psyched. Gotcha. For the dark crystal TV show. Cannot wait. All right. Well, I'll have so, to check that. I'll have to you check know, out saying, the movie and the show. That I've, a lot of people have told me to watch that. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, if you haven't watched The Dark Crystal, it's a 1982 classic. It's Jim Henson. Jim Henson. Jim Henson directed it. It's The Muppets on Acid. It's great. Oh, it's perfect, a sci-fi yeah. fantasy Muppet extravaganza. You're saying The Muppets are not The Muppets on Acid? <laughs> I was, was going to say the <laughs> same pretty thing. weird already. Yeah. I was going to say. Good yeah. point, man. Good yeah. point. Good point. I think we're done. I think so. I was just going to mention, uh, you know, it starts Sunday that runs for a whole week that I'm very excited about. Shark Week. Shark Week. Oh, I love Shark I lo- Week. Oh, yeah, yeah. do yeah. tell. I love Shark, Shark week. week. Yeah. I can't yeah. get enough. Yep. I, I, I like. It's like, just show me footage of great white sharks. Yeah. Hours on end. <laughs> I can watch and I, I, I never shut it off. Do, do, yeah. you remember, do you remember that one that the, that one shark named Submarine? So was that from Air Jaws? I don't know, it was an air job, but like they had video of that one in South Africa or something. It was around the time I was going to South Africa. I'm like, that is a terrifying name for a shark, Submarine. Submarine was debunked as a fake shark documentary that Discovery Channel made up. 
I have interesting ideas about sharks. I think sharks are like monitors of the matrix. I think they're like policemen. Like, I don't think they're actually real. I think they're like cyborgified, right? And they sort huh. of respond to the fear in people. It's like they're out there waiting for the fear and then they descend. But I think there's something not completely natural or organic about both sharks and policemen. I agree there's something wrong with sharks. Mm -hmm. I love sharks. Very weird. My bucket list is to see a great white shark before I die. Just not, just not five minutes before I die. Or as you die. You know, it's like, oh, you know, that's the thing. And I, 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 just, I just need to do it. But I don't want his thing. I don't need to, um, I don't need to get in the cage. I, I just need to be on a boat where I can see it. And I'm good. I don't need to no. like interact. Have you, you go se- under the water? Have you seen when they do that tonic immobility to them? Yeah. Oh, wait, was that where they that touch their crazy, nose? But they touch them in the they one tu- spot and they, they just roll over and oh like, yeah, they go cat- yeah, they just they do, they, 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 that little nose rub there yeah. and they just like they go, oh thank it's like rubbing their belly right but they're gone like yeah it isn't just like maybe a, I would do that it isn't just <laughs> yeah you're yeah, okay, yeah you're gonna take that chance it isn't yeah. just like rubbing a dog's belly and he's in heaven the, yeah the shark is like gone they're just like. I was watching some footage today of orcas attacking a shark. Yep. And they turn it on its back and then they you know rip it apart. And yeah, eat the I, I think this is happening because whales are whales are organic. Where whales are real and they're starting to figure out that there's something wrong in the ocean and they're pissed. And they're because they didn't always attack sharks. This is oh. a newer thing that the, the people are starting to. You know, at least How come there's so many sharks now? It's like every five minutes there's a shark sighting all around it's the like United cops. States. Why are there so many cops everywhere, dude? No, <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay, could be. All right. Who Very knows? Good. Who knows? I will say one thing. My one of the things. My favorite thing was there was a whale carcass. Yeah. And like there were all these great whites feasting on it. It was like mm-hmm. four or five great whites just like going to town. And there's a guy sitting on the whale carcass, like his video camera, going, "I gotta get this footage, man." I was like, you're insane, dude. I'll never forget. I was like, as much as I want to see a great white, I'm not going to jump on a whale carcass no. while great white sharks are chewing at it. No. It is, but if you ever, ever want to see that, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, this guy's delusional. Have you ever seen a whale shark? I would love to Those see a whale Those are the most shark. amazing looking animals. Yeah. Those whale are incredible. Sharks. Yeah. Those are amazing yep. creatures. Yep. Okay. Right. I think we've proved that we all love sharks. So binge shark week. Binge shark week. <laughs> binge shark week. Every year yeah. until the end of time. Yep. Okay. All right. That's that's it for us. I think so. We don't do another one next week. We will do another one next right. week. Emily, thank you so much. Emily Moyer, where can we find you? You can find me uh, at offplanetradio.com. The, that website is under construction. I mean, it's been there for a long time, but we're updating it. So you can really find everything we do at Off Planet Media on YouTube. Off Planet is one word, stylistically one word, Off Planet Media. And yep. Off Planet Radio and Matrix Mash. Those are my two podcasts. And okay. You're not on Twitter or anything? No, I'm on Facebook under Emily Moyer. Okay. Uh, I'm not super duper active there. All right. And um, we're on Patreon and all that kind of stuff under Off Planet Media. But yeah, not really on Twitter. I used to be when I got a new phone. I decided, eh. No good for you. Good yeah. for I'm you. I'm with you on that. But we are on We are on, on Twitter. Somewhere. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter at Binger Purge. We are on Instagram at Binger Purge Podcast. Our email is bingeorpurgepodcast at gmail.com. Also want to give a shout out, as always, to Just the Facts. Uh, I think you mean just the facts? You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram. She's way more active on Instagram, if you're looking for, at the Jessica Greer. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Thanks Jess. Thanks, Emily. Thanks this for having been, me. Thank you for being our first guest. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm honored. We're going to get a new chair, by the way. <laughs> new chair. We're going to get a new chair. It's a little creaky. Yeah. We've noticed that. 
uh, moving forward, we'll have less creaks in the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's I also I'm, move a lot. I try what, not that's to. Fine, that's fine. That's fine. We're going to get like uh, something with a pad. Yeah. Something cushiony. <laughs> something uh, not less. Next time little... I'll levitate. I'll work on my levitation. You could levitate and, levitate and you didn't do it? <laughs> wow. A little rusty. I'm that's out of practice. Of they took my powers away. You know what <laughs> I mean? All right. All right. So that's all for us this week. Thank you so much. My name is Demo. For Joe Taylor, this has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Goodbye. <laughs>